Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Even though God has made you to be something, it's still up to you whether you cooperate with that or not. You can act like you're something else. You can act like you're not saved. You can act like you're not, like the greater one is not inside you. Or you can be mindful of him. We, we as my father in the faith said frequently, we need to be more God inside minded. Mindful of who is inside of us. Said out loud, the greater one. The greater one is inside me. The Spirit of God, the living God, lives in me. Hallelujah. That should help you right there. Get your Bible, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. And let's believe together to see good things and answers to questions today. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. We believe you are the answer to everything, that there's no dilemma or issue that we face that you don't already know the answer to, and that you provide a way of escape and a way of victory. And we ask for that, and we reach for that, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look please again in Matthew 15 in our great textbook, the Bible, uh, Matthew 15 and verse 21, we're continuing our study of the healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. And that's recorded in Matthew 15 and also in Mark 7. In verse 21, it said, Jesus went there and departed out of there and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Zidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. And he answered her not a word. But his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. You know, uh, something to remember is that people's response to you doesn't reveal God's will for you, <laughs> including preachers and fellow believers. Um, if she had only been moved by their response, the disciples' response, was she to just uh, stop saying anything and quit and went home. But, um, you know, on another occasion, the um, man with the lunatic son, the scripture called it, that had seizures and, and problems, um, you know, 
when the man brought his son to them, they failed to get him set free. And yet, that didn't mean it wasn't the will of God. And when Jesus came down from the mount, they, he got him set free. And so just because you or somebody else prayed or even somebody had a word, just because somebody said, thus saith the Lord, doesn't make it thus saith the Lord. Right? Just because somebody said, well, you know, I believe the Lord is showing me this. Um, well, the disciples were feeling like she needed to hush and go away. They were bothering her, right? And yet, that wasn't, that wasn't God telling her she couldn't have this deliverance. Now, she wasn't uh, initially in a position to receive it, but because of her faith and persistence, she got there. She made adjustments and changes until she got what she needed. So I'm just saying, you don't look at external things to ascertain the will of God. You, and you don't even look uh, at everything believers say or everything that preachers say and do. Come on, can you see what I'm trying to, to express? You see the will of God from the Word of God the written Word of God, and the author of the book is inside you. The Holy Spirit, He will confirm to you what is in line with the will of God, what is the will of God. So uh, them trying to, you know, get her to leave, that, that wasn't the will of God for her life, that she not have that. That's just something that she had to overcome, <laughs> not be moved by. He answered and said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So that lets us know without any question, she was not a Jewish proselyte. She was, because she's not one of the children. He went on to say, then she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it's not meet or right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now dogs represented unclean. You'll find references in Old Testament Scripture and other Scriptures that, that show that, that. And you remember Jesus said, don't um, uh, give what is holy to the dogs. Well, well, why would you say that? Because, you know, dogs are not people. <laughs> they don't, you know, uh, a dog is liable to chew up your Bible just as quick as he will an ungodly magazine. <laughs> Why? Uh, he can't read. And, <laughs> and he doesn't know the difference between them. You know, it's just, you know, one's something to chew on, the other's something to chew on. He doesn't discern. And he went on to say, don't give that, um, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Now, a lot of people hear that and they think, well, man, he's calling people, you know, pigs and dogs. He's not slandering people. It is a perfect illustration of someone who has no appreciation for something important and special any more than a pig or a dog would. And it's not God's fault that they're that way. Many of them, their parents and parents, parents and whatever generation before forsook God, left God. Now they've grown up in a totally godless environment. Many people like that today. And they have no respect for the things of God. 
no esteem, no discernment about what's holy and what's not, what's important, what's not. So when he says it's not right to take what belongs to the children, the, the bread of healing and deliverance that belongs to them, and to throw it to dogs who don't have access to it, who don't, are not in covenant with it, who don't even appreciate what it is and what it took to get it and where it came from. How many know it, it took a great price to get us our healing? Yes. Class, do you know that? Yes. It took a, oh, we, we really have very little idea what kind of price the master paid because most of it could not be seen. You could see him being scourged, and that was terrible. You could see them jamming the crown of thorns down into his scalp in the blood. You could see them beating him at the whipping point. You could see them nailing him to the cross, and that's bad. That's awful. But that wasn't the worst part of it by far. That the part you couldn't see was the worst part, where he was literally made sin with our sin. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. How can you take all of the sin and sickness of the world? You can only do it in spirit. And the prophet Isaiah, looking into the future, prophesying in Isaiah 53, he's in 52, he said his visage was more marred than any of the sons of men. In other words, he didn't look like a man. Well, that wouldn't describe him physically because they didn't just mutilate his body on the cross, but that's what it looked like in the spirit. And that's why he said, you know, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He wasn't just recalling from the physical pain of the cross, as bad as that was. So did it cost something for us to get healing, for us to get forgiveness, for Oh, it, it, huge price, huge price. And so it should be respected, shouldn't it? Amen. It should be honored. It should be valued. And so it's not a matter of giving that which is holy to the dogs. We shouldn't, we, we should have understanding above our dogs. <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't expect them to understand how much healing costs, but we should. Amen. We should. And he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now, a lot of people could seize on that word, dog, and they could uh, immediately become offended, right? And say, who, preacher, who are you calling dogs? My people, you know, oh, we're not good enough, you know. Who are you calling dogs? And she could have got offended over her people and her background. The truth is, we read scriptures, they live like dogs sometimes. I mean, they were, you know, immoral, ungodly, filthy would be a word to describe some things. But it wasn't just that. It was that they were no covenant, out of covenant with God. But we saw what she did after she was ignored and then after she was overheard them telling, you know, to send her away. And then he says, I'm not sent to you, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now 
A fourth thing is it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. And yet prior to this, she just went down and worshiped and said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And now what does she do? She doesn't get indignant. She says, truth, Lord. Verse 27, what? What'd she say? Truth, Lord. What does that mean? Truth, Lord. What did he just say? It's not right. Is she saying, you're right? Huh? You said it's not right to take the children's bread and, and throw it to the dogs. And she's saying, you are right, sir. Right? It's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. You are right that me and my people have been like dogs and like outside of the covenant. You are right, sir. Oh, come on. Can you see this? Is this humility? Oh, this is humility. This is humility. And this is where the breakthrough came. This, this was the last change she needed to make. This is it. I mean, the next verse after this, healing happens at her house. Can you see this? God resists the proud. Isn't that what the scripture says? But he, in James 4, but he gives grace to the humble. Another word for grace is help and free gift. All of the help of God is in the grace of God. And what did she just ask for prior to that? Lord, help me. Help me. And he looks at her, and when she said that, he said, Oh, woman, great is your faith. This is one of only two instances where we see the master use this phrase in a, in a, with an individual. Great. Not, not just your faith was enough. Not just you had some faith. No. Great. Your woman. Great is your faith. Impressed the Lord. Her faith impressed the Lord. Hmm. Where do we see it? Not in her being able to quote all the scriptures. Right? Not in her perfect church attendance. She probably hadn't even been to a synagogue. Right? Certainly not in her godly lifestyle. Right? None of that. That's what has shocked people before. That somebody that's, you know, for all appearances was a good, good Christian. And, and yet they go year after year and don't get the thing that they supposedly believe in for him. And you see somebody come in and it's just been a basket case and fall down on the altar and get saved and get a miracle the next day. And they go, whoa, what, what's going on here? I'm a good Christian. Why isn't this? Way? That would be one reason why. You think it's owed to you because of what you do. You don't even understand grace and faith. No. Where do we see her great faith? We see it in her accepting and believing what she heard about Jesus. We see it in her taking the initiative and going to find him, right? I mean, you don't make an effort unless you believe something's going to happen. And we especially see it in her persistence, don't we? Remember, the Bible talks about through faith and patience or faith and persistence. Endurance is another word translated. Uh, you inherit the promises. 
We see it in her endurance, but not just enduring, but in humbling herself and enduring, humbling herself and enduring, humbling herself and enduring. She had to keep doing that. You remember when Naaman, who was also, uh, and you, you could call a, a, a Gentile and, and person out of covenant, Naaman the Syrian, came, had leprosy, and uh, he, uh, uh, when he got to the prophet's house, he, the prophet didn't even come out, didn't even see him in person. Kind of reminds you some of this, doesn't it? I mean, he, he just said, uh, he sent his servant <laughs> and said, tell him, go dip in the river. Man, he was indignant because he is, you know, like commander in chief of the forces, uh, military forces of his whole nation. He's a, he's somebody, he's, he's important. And he said, surely I thought he would come out and, and, and call on the name of his God and put his hand over the place and, and cure him. See, he had it all figured out how it was supposed to happen. And the only way he got healed, do you remember what happened? He, they're going back home. And he had a staff member that had some sense and said, hey, uh, General, sir, <laughs> you know, we come all this way and we brought all this stuff and we were willing to pay big money. We were willing to do all kinds of things. Why not just go do what he said? And you know how some folks are. He, the general probably said, you know, we've come all this way. <laughs> Why don't we just break a detour and go by the river Staff member said, that's an excellent idea, sir. Let's, let's, do, let's do that. Did he have to humble himself? Yes. Can you see? He had to humble himself and forget about him being the big general and how he thought people were supposed to respond to him. And he had to humble himself. And that was part of it. He had to go. Because he said, we've got better rivers in our country than that. You know, why, why can't I go over there and take a bath? It wasn't about that. He, he needed to go dip in the other nation river, humble himself. Come on, can you see this? Humble himself. And when he did, he was healed of his leprosy. His flesh, the Bible said, came like a little child. It was just clean and healthy. You see humility and healing. Can you see that? Yes. Humility and healing. But you know, when you're faced with a truth that's uncomplimentary, that's unpleasant, you have a choice to make. You have a decision to make. Was she faced with an unpleasant truth? You're not anybody to God. You have no covenant with God. Your people are, you know, live like dogs. I mean, who wants to admit that about their family? <laughs> huh? And their people and their upbringing. I mean, everybody wants to have pride about my culture <laughs> and my, you know, my background. And yet, if it's ungodly, it's ungodly. Right? And if you have believed wrong, you have believed wrong. If you've believed lies, you believed lies. And you have to come to a moment of acknowledging or you won't experience freedom. Go with me, if you would, over to the book of Timothy. And we'll see further what we're talking about here. Second Timothy and the second chapter.
2 Timothy 2 and 25, he, he, he talked about that the man of God, servant of God, must not strive. He went on to say in meekness, verse 25, instructing those who oppose themselves. You've heard people say uh, they're their own worst problem. <laughs> they can't get out of their own way. That's reality many times. People oppose themselves. They are their own enemy. And if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Isn't this what this woman is seeking for her daughter? Doesn't she want her daughter to be recovered out of the snare and influence of the evil spirit? She, she needs this. She wants this. But what was necessary? Repentance. And acknowledging of the truth. What? That you're not okay not being in covenant with God. You're not okay worshiping the Baals. You're not okay having orgies every week. Are y'all listening? So why do you say that? Because that's how the Canaanites lived. We showed you that in Leviticus 18. You're not okay lying and stealing and doing all the ungodly stuff that those folks do. You're not okay. You need to get saved. You need to come to God. Because, you know, if, even if her daughter had gotten some relief and help, if that's not changed, they're all going to be back in the same filth and mess. Can you see that? In no time. There needs to be a deliverance out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. There needs to be a total change. And so uh, here it said the key to that is repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. What will the truth do for you, class? Anybody remember? You'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. And if you read that whole passage, he said, uh, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. This is talking about acknowledging the truth and walking in the light of the truth as a lifestyle. And here, repentance was the key. Change. She used a phrase she probably didn't even understand. Son of David, have mercy on us. She probably heard other people say it. Got no response at all. And then she kept on following saying, you know, calling that same phrase, I guess. And the disciples said, would you send her away? And, and, and the Lord said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, and so then she, she fell down and worshiped him. Oh, come on, do you hear that, you hear that phrase? What do you do when things are not working? Huh? When, when you just, the further you go, the more frustrated you get. And it seems like you're further from it than you, than you were before. And you're not getting your answer and you're not getting the results. What do you do? Fall down on your face. Come on here with me, class. Fall down on your face in the floor and worship, somebody say worship. worship, worship the Lord your God. It takes faith 
and humility to really worship God. What do you mean faith? You're not going to worship a God you don't even believe in. Right? And you can't really worship if you don't believe something about his character. That he is powerful. That he knows. And that he's good. And that he cares about you. And you can't really worship without humility. What do you mean? You have to acknowledge in some degree how big he is and how small you are in comparison. Right? You Real worship, when you enter into it properly, you'll feel like a pebble at the base of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> you might know what I mean by that? You'll feel like an acorn <laughs> at the bottom of Mount Everest. <laughs> Why? Because he really is that big and that great. And can you see this getting haughty, this getting miffed, this getting upset? This is pride. This is arrogance. This getting mad at God. God, why hadn't you already done this? Are you kidding right now? What, what do you mean? Who are you to talk to him this way? And you're showing him you don't believe in his goodness. You don't believe he's fair. You don't believe he's faithful. You're, why would you be upset otherwise? You are questioning in an accusative way his character. Why would he even want to listen to that? Are y'all with me, class? No, no. That's not who got results were the people who tried to face down Jesus like the Pharisees did and, and accuse him and question him. We don't see any of them getting any miracles. None. But somebody, you talk about somebody that you wouldn't pick as qualified to get a miracle, it's this woman right here. <laughs> oh man, you'd probably cringe if you heard about some of the things they did back home. And yet, that's why the Lord came. He came to save the ungodly. Amen. Didn't he? And she persisted until every obstacle, she would just humble herself some more. And every obstacle, she'd just humble herself some more. And when, they said, when, the, when the Lord himself said, I'm sorry, I'm not sent to you. I'm just sent to the lost sheep of the house. She, she didn't run away. She didn't get mad. She just hit the floor and said, Lord, help me. Help me. And here you see the mercy of God. You see the mercy of God and the faith of this woman transcend time and covenants. Amen. Oh, oh you, you see the Lord able to reach out to her and say, well, because you have believed like this, be it unto you. Hallelujah. Just like you believed. Oh, somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. And we can humble ourselves today and get mercy and answers too. Everybody said out loud, Lord, I humble myself in your mighty presence. You are right about everything. Help me. Show me what I need to see to receive all I need to receive from you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's it. Our time is up again. Come back and join us tomorrow. Uh, there's still a lot more to see here. 
We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.